Hello! Good day, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. Every- I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, talking strangely as always, uh, joined here with my two co-hosts. Hey everybody, it's uh, Ryan, the cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo, Japan. I forgot my place. Sorry for trying to speak over you there, Kevin. And uh, other co-hosts? Uh, don't worry, you guys. I know my place. I'm always last. It's your boy, Ashiok. Uh, and I, I think I'm ready to talk about some uh, some updates to Pioneer. Keck. Updates? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know, Kevin, do you want to lead us off? I know I know, you have a lot of stuff that you want to talk about. We, it's been a while since we've actually all got together to talk about Pioneer. We kind of took a summer off of, uh, you know, to play games and relax, but... Yeah, we've been, you know, kind of uh, doing every other week, and then we kind of missed a week there, so we, uh, it's definitely been like almost a month since you guys have heard from us. You know, we've been covering the big events that have been coming out. We were all kind of waiting for, uh, you know, something to kind of change a little bit with the format. Yeah. You know, we're looking forward to seeing some uh, spoilers coming up the next few weeks, but we're also really looking forward to Oct- uh, August 7th ban announcement. So this is something that we were all real excited about. Uh no, we didn't do an episode. We were talking about doing one yeah. to pre-record what we would like to see banned. Um, what were your hopes going into Monday? I mean, who uh, wants to go first? I mean, you, how about you guys do the spicy takes first? Or you guys do the safe takes, and I'll do the spicy takes. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a it's a spicy take, but I'll, I'll start. I'll, I'll, like, put it out there. Um, so my idea was is either we need to see, we need to see some sort of change with this uh, because, like, mm. It's really diverse, uh, and I think what what we can really see because like it's really stagnant. Either we can a unban a card, mm, mm. or b nuke the format a little bit, reset. You know, take out a lot of these like turn four, I'm gonna kill you decks, um, and you know, just kind of like reset the format and kind of just see where it goes. So like with that, uh, with the with the later argument, uh, the cards that I would end up suggesting are Fable the Mirror Breaker. Uh, I was hoping to see either Karn or Nykthos. Hopefully, Karn was what I wanted. Uh, Karn get hit. Um, I wanted to see uh, Hidden Stirrings get hit, because I think Lotus Field control existing is okay. You know, Lotus Field's a pillar of the format. Might as well keep it around. Uh, and I wanted to see Parkathian 2 get hit, so that Grease Fang could get like, this egg mid-rangey pile. And I I think it's a lot more uh, mm. better than, you know, ha, take 13. Best of luck. Um... That sounds like uh you know that sounds like a very reasonable take like those are four perfectly you know no one would be surprised to see any of those banned I think that if they had asked some you know pioneer experts they'd have probably heard that advice from a lot of people um yeah. I was definitely yeah, also yeah, in that second you. camp where I would have loved to see some scorched earth uh you know I, I looked back when I was thinking about what I would like to see banned and I was looking at you know tier lists from June July August of 2022 so a full year ago and the top decks I was seeing it was red black mid range. It was mono green with Karn. It was, you know, maybe we had some like control at the time or like maybe Spirits was popping up. But you know, really those top two decks have not changed for over a year. There has been nothing that has knocked those two out of first place. And that for me is really disappointing. I don't want to be going into 2024 August and seeing the same two decks being top of the format. So if the bands aren't going to show up, uh, I don't know what's going to change the meta because... I don't want to see these decks again next year. Mm. Yeah, and I think that goes into, like, the first camp of thought, which was, like, an unban. And I think there's a couple reasonable unbans. Like, I think the one that everyone, like, looks to is, like, Kethys and Smuggler's Copter is, like, the, mm-hmm. the oh, my God, why are these cards on the ban list for Pioneer? So, I want to ask you guys, you know, they've said time and time again why they ban stuff. You know, it's unfun, it restricts deck building, uh, you know, it's too powerful, etc., etc. Have they ever stated what constitutes an unbanning? Because if we talk about, you know, why stuff gets unbanned in other formats, it's just because it's not powerful anymore or not as powerful and, you know, there's just better things to do. I think there's definitely cards like that on the uh, Pioneer ban list that could be on bands and you know i mean what do you guys how do you guys feel about that like at what point would you unban stuff in what situation would it be best to unban cards i think the only clear data that wizards has given us is actually in their most recent bnr update with being the unbanning of preordain and modern and i know this is modern but you know we got to kind of like look at it and apply it to our format uh but what they wanted to see was that murktide was like uh, a pillar of the format for so long and then Lord of the Rings comes out, and like Bowmaster and the One Ring, and like all these are really oppressive cards to that archetype, to like fair blue mid range strategies. 
and mm-hmm. they all just like died off. And so what Wizards decided to do is to give all the blue decks a new toy uh, to bring them back to the meta because they thought that that was a deck that they wanted within the meta game. They wanted there to be a blue red or like some sort of like fair blue. Uh, so they decided to unban Preordain. And I think that's kind of what we have to look forward to our format. Like, is there an archetype that hasn't ex- got, yeah. that got pushed out of yeah. for a while? Uh, Aggro. No, not, not really. Aggro. Uh, I haven't seen humans show up in forever. Um, humans, humans has been mono pretty red. Uh, sometimes okay. it's more of a spike type thing. It's there's not, been like it's actually good. I think yeah. it kind of feels like there's always one aggro list that shows up, and it's kind of like what's the the thing that aren't people aren't expecting right now. It's like oh, people are you know sleeping on spirits, people are sleeping on convoke, people are sleeping on and uh, humans, and not, that that'll show up yeah. for a little while, and then it's kind of a flash in the pan. Exactly. The next thing comes up. It's it's more that it's catching people off guard not that it's actually a how can i say a uh, pillar of the format so to speak mm. i think if you unban cards and give aggro for example like like you're saying smuggler's copter you give aggro those tools um yeah there's going to be a de facto best you know best uh smuggler's copter deck maybe but i think that we have you know enough variety in aggro that it would help across the board you could still play those other strategies and they'd have different angles of attack but you just have this kind of you know engine that would really help you know so you don't have to you know for example i think uh, the pnlr deck does a really good job of playing uh, a lot of uh, card advantage you know the things that lets you exile and play exile and play uh, but it's kind of a slower deck and you know there's there's no engines for fast aggro decks they have to slow down and thus destroying their strategy uh you know it does it makes them less competitive in the pioneer format and we need to have something like like copter back i think um my my yeah. my take yeah. my take on this Cop more my take yeah, on this more is like aggro. I don't I don't think aggro is being pushed out at all. If anything, I think I think there's just so many different competing types of aggro that exist to where like there just isn't a clear identity for aggro. Like PNLR is existing right now as an aggro deck. Monoway Humans was existing as like an aggro deck. Um, uh, Spirits I would even classify as like an aggro deck. Um, like all of the, all of these creature based mid range strategies always exist, and I, I don't I don't think that they specifically need like an unban, but well, they 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 exist. That's the thing; they're not good. Like I, I said, they can they, can they can they're they're decent. They spike events and stuff like that, but face to face against the other pillars of the format like Rakdos or Mono Green Devotion or Lotus Field, they're not going to have consistency. I think that the you know the other top decks have. I don't. I. I think what you're, you and I might be like differentiating on is like mm. what we're talking about with like consistency. Because I think what what we're talking about is like I'm talking about like a variety of all these aggro decks and like mm-hmm. everyone's and you'll you'll see some flavor of it in top eights all the time. And mm-hmm. I think what you're trying to say is you want a more consistent like one style of aggro to be more consistent and like I don't to even emerge. mind that. Because like we are seeing spirits, right? We are seeing spirits do well. We are seeing humans do well. Maybe not all at the same time, but mm-hmm. one of these is always in like top eight. Like there's like a pie, pia. There's like they're, 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 these decks are existing and they are doing their thing. But I, I think we're just not seeing a consistent aggro deck at the top. But there is okay. a lot of them and they all exist and they are still pretty good in the format. Okay. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to say about uh, banner restricted announcements for Pioneer? Uh, Kevin, well, you well, let's go into the angry, fact right? that. Yeah, so let's go into the fact that, you know, we were kind of prefacing of like, hey, here's what we wanted to see. And then what actually happened is no bans. And not just no bans, but a a little bit of a tone death statement, if that's okay to say. Like, I felt like they said, hey, the format's fine. There's nothing that's, you know, people aren't complaining about anything. There's multiple decks that are good. And and I felt like the fact that they said there's no top dog really kind of felt wrong to me. I, I uh, posted about something about this on, on Twitter, and I, I 100% think that there is nobody in Wizards of the Coast that is actually part, or not part, but like, maybe not religiously, maybe religiously isn't the right word, but that consistently plays any eternal formats. And that's why we see a total kind of dis, how can I say, disconnect um, from from competitive players and and met in like Wizards of the Coast, we get all these EDH things, 
all this EDH product because that's all they're playing. The Wizards of the Coast staff is banned from playing in competitive magic. They can go to FNMs and stuff like that. They, they, they make decks. They say they play decks and stuff. And maybe they do play, you know, uh, here and there uh, when they, when they, when, you know, with, uh, whenever they, they, they get the, the urge to do so. But why do we have these people making, you know, like the decisions for us? Only looking at data that you know it's just all on paper. They're not sitting down to that you know that uh, Nikdos player, the, the Mono Green player, for the twentieth time and losing to Karn on turn three for the twentieth time. They're 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 not experiencing those types of things that the comp competitive players do. And I, I would say it's the same thing in other formats. You know, they 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 listen to people complain. You know, they look at the data. But they don't actually experience it. And how can we trust those types of people to make decisions for our format? I mean, like, yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, like Carmen Handy, I think, got a lot of hate for the ban announcement, which was kind of unfair. Yeah. And, like, you know, she didn't choose the bands. No. Uh, I think that I her and Maro both got yeah. a lot of hate for it. Like, I think Carmen Handy is a fantastic player. Um, I also don't think she's played Pioneer since like 2019 yeah, or something like I that. Like, I know from having followed her content that she's been out of Pioneer for a long time. Yeah. Um, it seems like they could have found somebody that at least knew the format that could have said something more reasonable about like what's really going on in Pioneer. So I actually want to have a, a good idea. I mean, I, I'm talking, I don't want to just be one of those people that com complains about stuff. I want to try to give a solution as well. And I think it's time that the competitive formats have some kind of group of people that is kind of like an advisory group or a consultancy group mm. that can communicate with Wizards of the Coast to talk about, you know, players, you know, hey, we, we, I've been going to these events. I mean, you know, somebody playing that's been playing online on MTGO maybe. You know, we, we get a wide variety of people to comment and talk about stuff and, you know, and then send those recommendations to Wizards of the Coast on top of, you know, their... You know, you know they have like a one for EDH, right? The commander thing, and I think there's um, something for Popper as well. Why not do that for Legacy Modern and and uh, you know in uh, Pioneer? So you're kind of between two ideas. Well, let me let Ash yeah, speak yeah, because I think we've been yeah, cutting yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got some hot takes with a lot of things that have been said already, but I'll, I'll jump to mm -hmm. this one. Um, so the reason that like EDH has its own separate uh, head is because EDH was created outside of WotC. It wasn't a format that WotC mm -hmm. created. It was a format that was created by the players for the players, and WotC is just milking it as a cash cow. However, mm -hmm. you can't simply just like make a council and because like it, it just it, it gets so messy so quickly. Like how first off, how how do we have the screening process? How do we pick who? There is so many issues, and like and then then these people that are now grinders can't like can't like actively play because like there's like. Uh, like the reason that they have the NDA for them in the first place is because like they don't want them like leaking or anything like that. And now that mm -hmm. now they, it just becomes a really messy scenario. And I understand why they're out of touch, but like Carmen does try, and I know she does. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes to these FNMs every once in a while. Um, she just like plays her little pet decks, and like that's super fine, and that's fine. I, I think I think the thing that I have more issue um, with is that I, I I just wish that they. If they were, if they were doing this kind of like banless thing, I think the thing that I would want to see change is I would want to see them not go with the once a year policy. I think that's my take. Mm -hmm. Is like yeah. the one now now yeah, we're stuck like this for a year without unless emergency happens. And if emergency happens, then that means Pioneer had a change, and that's fantastic to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that that's two things important to touch on. So you know, this is kind of the new world where they've said like, hey, we're going to do bans once a year. And the original statement was that they would still have a chance for like emergency bans after each set release. Um, they've kind of walked that back, it seemed like, where they saw, thought for non-rotating formats, those could be used for, you know, just normal bannings. But I feel like this was their once a year one. If they were going to make a sweeping change to like something like mono green or red, black um that it would have been in this i don't think that there's really any chance that they'd be like oh this needs an emergency ban now after it didn't uh two months ago um as far as what ryan was saying with kind of a committee though i think that yeah i definitely agree we couldn't have like a rules committee like there is for edh that makes its own ban list but i do wish that you know if there was a group that was consulted mm, you know mm, hey mm, what mm. like if they just went out and talked to people and said like hey what's going on if there was some trusted you know, members of the community that yeah. were able to say like, hey, I play it a lot. Please come get my opinion yeah, because yeah. I can contribute to this, uh, you know, making my, the format that I love better. You know, like I would totally, uh, you know, 
trust somebody like Claudio to have my interests, you know, in, 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 how can I say? Uh, yeah. Like trust it to ha- that. He'll like create a space that's yeah, him, like equal him, yeah. and happy for everyone. Him and Martin in like Doomwake, in all these people that, you know, are streaming and playing and enjoying the format. And, you know, they're, they're kind of like ambassadors for Pioneer. I would trust those guys to speak for me. You know, it, even if just, you know, Wizards just reached out, you know, before bannings and stuff like that. You know, we had this banning that was announced. And maybe if they had asked some people like a month ahead of time or, you know, two months ahead of time, you know, hey, where's Pioneer right now? What do you guys suggest? Again, they don't have to actually like do what they say, but they should definitely take that into consideration. Yeah, I think my issue with it is like my constant disdain for putting a lot of power in streamers because i think my biggest issue mm-hmm. with a lot of power in streamers is like then their word becomes gospel yeah think it doesn't of- have to be streamers though i mean there's people on, on twitter <laughs> as well you know there's there's also people at you know these big events you know people that you know maybe just finish like a pro tour or a player or a player's tour or something like that um that i think you could also kind of you know interview you know on the spot and kind of just get a feel for for the, for the format that way there needs to be more data collection being done aside from just mtgo and like you know streaming and stuff like that there isn't there is yeah, there is. yeah we're not we're not saying tie uh tie somebody to watch yeah. todd anderson stream 24 yeah, 7 and yeah. anything that beats him we ban no yeah. I, I i and i understand that but i think i think more so what i'm with the point i was trying to elaborate towards was that i i think we it, it's really difficult to try to like put these like uh the people in positions of power because mm-hmm. i think i think we do need it to be internalized and i think it d- does need to be like that however i wish that there was a little bit more transparency with like who it is and like what kind of testing they're doing and something like mm-hmm. that because right now maybe maybe they are going out to fnms and they are going out and they are yeah. playing but we don't really know that we, we, we're just assuming the worst mm-hmm. in them truly and us giving um, these kind of like positions of power to like these these mm-hmm. uh characters i want to say in the, in, in the uh, mtg community just like put yeah. so much pressure and like there was an entire twitter discourse well, about it doesn't have to be the same people it can always be rotated as well like and, every you know just random people and sure but I, I think the issue is, is like now that, that gives them so much power to be able to just like advocate for whatever kind of like bands that they want. And like, like, I, like misinformation of the extremers, because more, yeah. more of these people, people in power, uh, we're, they're going to take their word like gospel. Like I, like my point more so is like, mm-hmm. how many times have you gone to an FNM or any sort of like thing? And you heard some guy that just was spewing that, oh my God, aspiring spike said this, mm-hmm. it must be true. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just the worst <laughs> yeah. feeling ever because I, mm-hmm. I, I try to talk to my community. Like I try to like have a fun, a bunch of fun conversations and like try to like un- understand ideas so that I can actually like talk on this podcast and feel as though that like I am supposed to be in this position to be telling people about like my ideas and things like that. And it doesn't happen if, in Japan, thankfully. If, if I, if I'm in a position where like now I'm just like saying whatever misinformation, like, oh, let's just say like, I want like, I don't know, like my, my horrible take is like, I, I, unban Uro or something like that. Like, I, I think I said that as okay. like my bad take. Like, then it just becomes so, like so awful. I don't know. I just, I, I like the way that they're it. doing it. Another possibility then, you know, they've they've had these surveys that they sent out to people and I think that's actually a better way to kind of gauge the uh, the players' current feelings and stuff like that. I think sending out surveys to people via their um, I mean, they don't have DCI anymore. I don't know how they do it, but it would just be your Watsi um, associated email. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That might be better. You know, having somebody that's kind of in charge of of uh, player relations. What are they? What are they called? What is it? Player relations. Yeah, player relations. I think, you know, before, like, was it Helene uh, did that? I don't know who's in charge right now. Is it Huey now? I don't know. I think it might be. I don't actually know. But they they definitely need to hire someone that's going to... I feel like they dropped the ball on that, like, in general. I feel you know, as though players. that, like, I, I don't know. When we're, when we're looking at formats, I think, like, think about modern. I don't know how much you guys play modern or how much our listeners play modern. There, there is, like, yeah. uh, I forget his name, but I think it's, like, Brian Durwall and um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. these, like, the bigger players that uh, end up, they, like, collaborate with on, like, set design for, like, Modern Horizons. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need, like, some sort of, like, more so just, like, we need this person to be like a Watsi, like obviously I'm be employed by Watsi, but we need them to be like the person that is like assigned to these formats to be able to like watch them more closely, like more, yeah, yeah. more like, of like, Hey, I'm playing pioneer. Like this is what's happening. Like this is how I, I feel mean, about things. And a little bit more transparency is all we really ever want. And I think that 
where I really want to come from that is that I think that a really important thing that I want to talk about this episode is that the data can kind of lie. Yes. If they're yes. only looking at the data, I think that they're missing a big it part of the skewed. picture. And I think that in the past, they've done a really good job at this. You know, if I look at the format where um, Demir Inverter was, you know, one of the top decks, but it wasn't the only top mm. deck. That was a pretty diverse format. There were, you know, four, I think, top dogs, and there were several other decks that were viable in that format. And they were able to make the smart decision and say, hey, these play patterns are not fun. Hey, this is driving a mm. lot of people away from the format. This is something that people have been sick of playing against for a long time, and there's decks that we're not seeing at all because they can't stand up against these yeah. decks. Um, and they went and made the decision to, hey, let's ban these, let's ban those combo decks, let's get this format interesting for people. And I think that a lot of people rushed back into the format when those big combo decks got yep. banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a net positive, and I, that's what I was really hoping for again. I, I kind of feel like they've done that a couple times. Like I think that when you know Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi were you know kind of the top dog decks, those got banned together mm-hmm. when... You know, when it was just for a long time, it was when Noda versus Phoenix, back and forth yeah. with Noda and Phoenix, and those both got banned together. I felt like we needed something like that here, and it just doesn't seem like it's really easy. If you look at those metagames, I think you'll see a very similar picture to the current metagame where there's, you know, reasonable win rates, there's reasonable play rates, there's a reasonable they, amount they of vaccine play. But yes, but they were bans and they were correct yep. bans. No, I entirely agree with that sentiment. I wish that right, would be so more. So you're saying. So you're saying they should have banned something this time because it's the same. It's the same. Yeah, thing I'm saying. Before. I'm saying yeah. they should have banned. I, something. Yeah, I think that if they were just looking at the data, they might have gotten the wrong idea. Yeah, yeah no, I I yeah, agree so. because like you know, like I, I like the fact that we had these format resets as someone that played during the Winota, someone that played during the Teferi Wilderness Wreck Oops trifecta. Mm-hmm. Like it was fun for a while, yeah. <laughs> and then it got reset, and then it became fun again. And mm-hmm. now we've just been kind of sitting in the same. All right, when's the reset? When's it gonna be? And now that I know that I'm yeah. stuck with this garbage for another year like what the heck <laughs> mm-hmm. well I mean, of course you know they're they're really ho- hoping that uh wilds of eldraine will shake things up they don't want to do anything like there was there was a key point like you know there's a sweet spot couple you know maybe a month or two out from from wilds of eldraine where you know any kind of ban would have been great you know but they decided not to make that decision and i think that's i mean going forward is this gonna, just going to continue every summer? Because hey, they're going to think like, hey, we have a new set coming out in September. We'll just we're going to wait and see how that shakes things up, and just not do anything in August. I mean, is August not the right time to be deciding bands? Should they be deciding in in June, you know, or like July, early July, when the 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 meta has kind of solidified, and not changed for a while? If I am going to rescind my cynicalness for a moment mm. about this all, <laughs> I am going to hope that what or Carmen maybe because like we're, maybe we're just being way too cynical about this, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something in Wilds of Eldraine that is actually powerful enough to be able to have mm. an effect on Pioneer to change the metagame. Maybe a new like maybe Path Exile, Path Exile gets printed or something along hey, the lines. And let's we talk all, about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like maybe maybe there's <laughs> yeah. something powerful in the set that ends up like shaking yeah. things up, right? And uh-huh. now we actually have like a new format. Maybe that that's what we know. Like so, like hold out hope a little bit, but like I understand mm-hmm. if you're cynical entirely. I, I do think that, you know, I, I definitely want to talk about that, is that I think it's getting pretty reasonable to say that a single standard set is never going to be a big enough impact nope. to change Not the anymore. metagame of Pioneer. Not anymore. Like, we, I would say that we've certainly, for a long time, been there at Modern, where a single standard set is never going to reset the Modern format anymore. And I think we're kind of getting there with Pioneer. Did where it. One, Kamigawa did a good job. I don't, I, that's really powerful. I don't think no, it, it did. Really, you can't say it didn't. Please don't say it didn't. Uh, you can't look at Fable, Fable in the face you. and just yeah. not say that. I think. I think it, it's tough. Thing. I think just because yeah. Fable was overshadowed by Luris while they were both legal, um, so it took a little bit longer. So it wasn't like it didn't feel that immediate impact. That's fair. Um, I, you know, if if Luris hadn't gotten banned, I don't think that Fable would have the hold on the format mm-hmm. that it does because mm-hmm. I think that there would still be Luris decks. Um, I think that's reasonable to say. So I think that. 
the combination of a band plus a new set could do something, but I don't feel like one set on its own is going to have the answers or the new threats that are going to completely. Yeah. I think that you, uh, it's, it just takes one card. It just takes one card to completely reshape the format. One yeah. Oko, one Once Upon a Time, one Uro. It just takes one of these cards to completely warp the format. So I, I don't know if I can agree with the statement because it does just take one. One little Cavern of Souls mishap, one little like mm-hmm. thing, one little thing. Well, I do also think, uh, as far as Eldraine particularly, I, I am going in with extremely low expectations. I, mean, I know I'm always the cynical one in the format, but I think that a takeaway that Wizards had from the first Eldraine was that this set was way too powerful, mm-hmm. people hated that. I don't know if that's completely the right take, but I think that they're going to partially take that away from Eldraine, and there's going to be a microscope on this set making sure that there isn't going to be another Oko coming or through. Or Questing Beast, um, or whatever uh, else yeah, we got. Just wait, because now you see, now now that you, now I'm going to make the reverse of the argument. Exelon was so <laughs> okay. dog that they're actually going to make it so insanely powerful. So that's the set yeah. where we're going to have some dinosaur that's absolutely going to put a hold on the format. Do you guys... I mean, since, you know, we're kind of moving away from bands, do you want to move into the uh, Wilds of Eldraine spoilers we got so far? Do you want to talk about those? Because I don't think we did that on any podcast yet. Uh, sure, let's talk a sure. little bit about it. Or do you want to say anything uh, else about the Very bands? little bit so far, uh, right? I think that, like, I, I wish there was more, like, done or said. I think I think the thing that we haven't, like, exactly went over that I wanted to talk about was exactly the statement that they released. I think we just, like, brushed over it. Because the statement mm-hmm. that they released, if you don't mind, I can just like read it out really quick. Yeah, read it. The Pioneer metagame continues to have a widespread of playstyles and archetype representation from tournament to tournament. While there are known pillars in Mono Green Devotion, Rakdos variants, and creature-centric aggro decks, the meta- their metagame shares a rise and fall at a healthy clip. Recently, new versions of Lotus Field Control have gotten some extra attention, but its win rate and metagame sit, uh, share uh, sit about where we would expect any reasonable deck to fall without a clear top dog or unanswerable archetype pushing out other decks we've elected no changes at this time and i think that i think the funniest thing about this all is like bro are they really like the 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 deck that they were worried about the most was lotus field control that's what their concern was what the heck that is that even lotus fields lotus fields control it is it is so unbelievable that that was what their takeaway was from this rc season was that hey this deck kind of kind of popped out of nowhere and it was spooky for a second when we literally have rakdos sack putting up how many copies in top eight or rakdos Mm -hmm. midrange putting up how many or mono green like there was they they like barely mentioned them but then they're like ooh, lotus fields control kind of spooky Yeah, I mean, we're just looking at one metagame and not the the format as a whole, Ugh. basically. It's just inferior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Online players, totally different monster, or totally different um, metagame. I was going to say monsters. Yeah, I guess they're different monsters, too, on there. But uh, people just play differently. People are built differently on MTGO. And same thing with papers. It's just going to be totally different. I don't I don't think so, honestly. Like I, I, as someone that plays a lot of MTGO and someone that plays a lot of Paper Magic, there's not a lot of differences. Like the only difference is, is like sometimes you have to like think about the psychological aspect of like you're sitting down in front of your opponent and like remembering triggers. Like obviously there's like the difference mm-hmm. there, but like decks and metagame wise, there's not a lot of difference. I would say how quickly the metagame changes. Uh, and the ease that people are able to change their decks. Maybe a take I could take on it yeah. a little bit separately is that as a content creator, it's definitely different. You know, I, we're kind of eternally online as far as talking about the format. And our viewpoint is going to be really much, very much impacted by, you know, nothing changing. It's yeah. going to feel very stale for yeah. a while. It's it's hard. To, it's You know, I, I'm struggling. Like, I felt like part of the reason we've been so slow during the summer is because there haven't been new decks to talk yeah. about. There haven't really been brews to talk yeah. about. Even with this RC season, it's felt like, it's okay, cool, that popped up, but... How many times do we want to talk about Rakdos, right? Yeah, it gets hard. Yeah. Okay, it's the 43rd time? Uh, 43rd de- Rakdos deck? Yeah. Uh, like, I've been, I've been... I don't know if the viewers have been noticing, but I've been trying to point out, like, interesting random choices that have been made as, yeah. like, the filler. Because, like, there isn't new archetypes, right? Like, we, we've been talking about the same decks for... 
two years now, probably. Mm. And I don't know, like some sort of change would have been great. Like I would have loved to have seen like, I don't know, like, like, like genuinely, like when I say this, like an Uro and band to where we could actually have like some mid range decks that can actually compete that aren't just red, black standardization, dog pile, whatever's like, mm. I wanted some yeah, more I mean, diverse meta in like the mid range style. Yeah. People had a lot of things they wanted to see banned in modern, I think, but the fact that they at least gave them like, hey, we're not we're not doing anything to fix it, but here's preordain, have a little bit of fun hmm. brewing, or here's Mind's Desire, have a little fun brewing in Legacy. Where was our just like here's Kethis, here's Copter, here's yeah. something that we can at least go and you know sink our teeth into so that we can think about the format, get excited about the format for a little while. Yeah. And also the other thing is like them also saying without a clear top dog or unanswerable archetype. I think it's not that there's not an unanswerable archetype. I think that it's hard to answer every single archetype. And it's only going to get worse as decks come in. Like, if there was a Kethis unban, bro, my complaints about a diverse format would exceed. Because, like, bro, you need so many different answers for Kethis now alongside Greasefang, alongside Lotus, alongside Mm -hmm. Monogreen. Like, it would have just, like, been so much worse. For for once, yeah. I usually keep up on how Kethis would look. I haven't actually tested Kethis since uh, Rona came out, so I'm behind on my uh, having strong opinions on Kethis for a little while, but at least give us something. Like, it's very unlikely it would be a, a major deck archetype, yeah. but let us let us think. Let us have some fun. Yeah. Honestly, any unban right. would have been great. Minus the fetch line. Don't unban the fetch lines. No, no, no. Do not. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of stuff to cover, guys. So let's move off, move move past the, the BNR stuff. Mm. You know, we were talking about Wild Soul Drain a little bit. We have seven cards that they they spoiled. Let's just go over those real quick. Just give me your opinions. Uh, let me pull up um, you know, your thoughts. Uh, I think I seven cards. Links. Oh, did you? I only remember a couple. I only remember like the yeah. Inch, I, I just yeah. went to Scryfall and I checked. I checked the, uh, the oh, spoilers yeah, yeah. on there. But um, I can read over the first one. Yeah. Uh, if you if you guys you know want to find the the list that I sent you, uh, uh, Moonshaker Calvary is the five and uh, white white in a white, so eight mana total. It's a six six flyer, and when it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain flying and X plus X uh, until the end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. Does this make mono white devotion playable nope. again? Is this EDH nope, card? That it, yeah. So like the, the <laughs> no. thing that mono white was like lacking wasn't Craterhoof Behemoth. Combo kill, it was right? not yeah. lacking a Craterhoof Behemoth. It was lacking like any sort of tools to answer the other decks and an eight drop that sometimes kills your opponent if you like had this really long game is not the answer. Mm-hmm. So sadly, Ashok gives a well, I mean, big thumbs devotion's down. about devotion is about playing it like on turn four or five with a whole bunch of other creatures in play and just you just can't with mono white mono white doesn't have bt so sadly we just can't like you can't create the mana generation for mono white mono white was a lot more about this like slower uh like like the best devotion card you had was arcanist owl in mono white devotion yeah and sadly that's already on turn four so we are so slow already so yeah you can't like you know you can't play a four four on turn two uh, an unkillable four Um, four on turn two uh ashiok do you want to talk about ashiok Ashiok, we'll talk about ashiok all right this one this one's this one's a weird one so also moving forward with sets now that they're only doing one planeswalker per set so this is only planeswalker we'll be getting for this set um no oko Oko. there there might be oko but oko would be a creature also i think oko's on cowboy land anyway um Uh, ashiok wicked manipulator for three black and a black it is starts off a five loyalty and says if you would pay life while your library has at least that many cards in it, exile that many cards from uh, the top of your library instead. Plus one. Look at the top two cards of your library. Exile one of them, put the other one in your hand. Uh, minus two, create two one one black nightmare uh, creature tokens with at the beginning of combat on your turn. If a card was put into exile this turn, put that many one one counters on this creature. And it's minus seven, says target player exiles the top cards of their library. X is the num- total mana value of cards you own in exile. This one's weird. I, I think I can safely say that. Potence? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think this one's a little bit more like, okay, so we need to think of it first as like, so it's five mana, so we need something busted to do with it. <laughs> What's the most busted thing we can do with its static ability? And if you say Bose to Citadel, you're a commander player. You're out of this conversation. Huh. <laughs> Secondly... <laughs> Yeah, this seemed like a commander. Secondly, I think that I think that but then we go into okay, so if you can't abuse its like middle ability, how good is it just like as a standalone card? Like can I just like play this by itself? And I think the answer is maybe. Um I think the, I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people are giving credit for because I've seen this card either called like the next coming of Christ or 
god-awful. There's been no in-between. And I think this is an in-between card. Because, like, I have to think about it, like, I, what I would do with this card is I would down-tick it, uh, make my two 1-1s, one hopefully be able to protect it and have mm -hmm. some, like, removal spells or something, or already have some creatures in play. Uh, and then I'd keep constantly uptaking it and just growing two dorks. Because, like, the card that this reminds me of, if I don't know if you guys remember, but it's the five mana Teferi that makes a dog, and then whenever you draw a card, it gets, like, loyalty. Oh. Was that like Midnight Hunt or something? Oh, yeah. No, that no, 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 no. It was it was a, lot, a little bit more recent. I think it might have been like Dominary United okay. or something like that. I don't know. So yeah, I've got it in an EDH yeah. Okay, yeah. blue black, <laughs> yep. blue black control with dig through time, and you know, and you just put stuff in the graveyard, delve, put stuff in the graveyard, delve, and then you have like a couple di uh, digs in there, and you know, you do that minus seven, and you're exiling twenty cards, thirty cards off the top of their library because you have like a bunch of delve cards in there what do you guys this think? one only triggers once on draw if, or sorry on a combat so sadly it's not gonna be that busted yeah if there was a way to for, if this, the minus is this still more with the graveyard maybe you could do like a black phoenix deck but no i think we're talking too much about yeah the EDH card. yeah I, I mean like okay. i don't think this is an edh card let's make this clear i do not think okay. it's an edh card but i think it okay. is it has okay. a chance i don't know how high it is because there is so much that this card could do but i don't think mm -hmm. it's something to be slapped on we gotta look at the combo yeah. all right Okay. Kevin, you want to pick one? Um, yeah, there's a card I'm really scared of over here. Is Cruel Somnifage. Uh, let me finish. Uh, it's it's you know two mana. It can you can pay two. It's got a adventure to target player mills four cards, and then it's a you know it's a two mana creature that has power enough that's equal to the number of creature cards in all mm, graveyards. So it's like a um, Yeah, I think what I'm scared about with this card is that this is going to be a cycle. So that means there's going to be a black red adventure creature. <laughs> So are you guys ready for Bone Crusher Giant with Thought Seas as nice. the adventure or something yeah, like that? Lightning, yeah. There we I go. think I think it's interesting that this does call to like uh, for the card that we were talking about. You didn't specifically say, but the, the the ability the adventure side was blue. So this is the blue black one. Um, yeah. But anyway, like I I think that we're going into two color adventures, which is like really interesting because that wasn't in a space that was explored. And I, I do I think that this mm -hmm. card necessarily is powerful. No, I don't think this card is particularly good. However. I do think it is like a little bit of like a eyes open. Oh, this is the kind of stuff we could get. Do I think it's going to be Thoughtseize exactly, plus Bone yeah. Crusher Giant? No, I think they've learned their lesson from Adventure, especially in Standard. <laughs> uh, at least I hope they have. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like there is good signs. This is a good sign. I think this is like an appropriate power level. I hope that we get a Adventure card that is not in black or is not in red. And that is good. Like I like yeah. another brazen borrower type guard where it's like, yeah. you know, it shows up every once in a while. And when you play it, it feels pretty good. You know, it feels pretty great, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's not busted. And I'm happy that, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm happy that adventures are back just in general because that can, you know, maybe fill up some more archetypes. That's true. I, I have multiple times tried to build an adventure deck and been like, ah, it just falls a little yeah. short, but like a white, well, I mean, like a white, if it was possible, a white red one for, for the Pia decks. For example, yeah, be cool. be nice. well, I think more so we've got you know we've got innkeeper and we've got uh, what's the other uh, look pedal? Oh, um, pedal? yeah, 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 yeah. Pedal, lucky, but, uh, lucky clover, lucky, yeah, lucky clover, token, clover, clover, lucky clover. There maybe, we go. maybe, we'll, yeah, maybe we'll get some good decks for the uh, possibility storm deck. Oh God! <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get you back <laughs> to bed, Grandma. All right. Uh, should I? Can I pick the next one? Uh, go for it. Yeah. So, I want to talk about the lands. It looks like we're getting a new land cycle. I don't know why we're getting the same land cycle of cards that we've already have. You know, man lands four. Uh, so the restless for fortress comes into play tapped. Add white or black. We already have shambling vents, which is a two three with lifelink that I think you pay three mana yeah. to activate. This is four mana. It becomes a one four white and black nightmare creature. Um, and whenever it attacks, it's basically like a small obsidot, I guess. Uh, defending player loses two life, you gain two life. Yeah, it's bad. I'm. S it's bad, right? You, Ryan, why do you got to get me angry about a new set already? Yeah, and yeah. Cards boiled. Black white needed so much help, and Shambling Vent wouldn't see. Well, you know, if there was a black white deck, maybe Shambling Vent would see play. But Shambling Vent doesn't see any play. This is worse. Like this is pretty much strictly worse than Shambling Vent. Um, if this is how they're all going to be, I'm very low. Very low. I this. think it's a little bit... I, I, I think it's better than Shambling Vent. I'm going to be the hot take one and say it, uh, but I don't think it's good. It's definitely not good, <laughs> but it's not worse than Shambling Vent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my boy Shambling Vent dirty. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, you guys want to go over the other? We have three more cards. Yeah, you guys each want to do one. I'll more. go over the. I'll go over the obvious one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do slightly. Or sorry, yeah. no, you know what? I'll do the cool one. I'll do the cool one. Um, Talion, the kindly lord. I think this one's like this design is so interesting. Uh, it's two blue and a yeah. black for a flying three four. That when it enters the battlefield, choose a number between one and ten. Uh, whenever an opponent casts a spell with mana value or toughness equal to the, or sorry, mana value, power, or toughness equal to the chosen number, that player loses two life and you draw a card. Ooh, this card is weird. Let's say that first. Second off, I don't know what number I'm naming. Uh, I think this is like a pretty interesting sideboard card, um, as like something that has like pretty good hate and like like you were able to like draw a bunch of cards off of it too. Like and it's also pretty aggressively statted. Like a three four flyer is like pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, playing against an aggro deck. When... I do wish it had a real creature type. You know, I, I was ready to write this off because I think the place where this is most interesting is in the command zone, <laughs> uh, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I just you have to think about some of the top decks in the format, and I'm like, ooh, okay, red black. If you name like four, Bone Crusher three. triggers that. Yeah. You name four or what? three on that one. Yeah, Bone Crusher. You name three, I yeah. think. You know, Bone Crusher triggers it. Fable. Fable yeah. triggers it. Um, Blood Tithe Harvester triggers it. Um, Trespasser triggers yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, Liliana the Veil will also trigger it. K Command. Does Trespasser still see Liliana play? Would uh, sometimes. Trespasser sometimes. Not often, but it, it is a medical yeah. card. Right. Yeah, it's like I think I think um, it's exactly in the space of it depends how the meta ends up shaping from the mm-hmm. set if this card is playable. It's also a fairy or a fairy noble. Um, there is a chance that we're getting some fairy cards here, so maybe we get spell starter sprite and this card's playable. That's all I want to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Um, Kevin, do you want to do the big one? Well, that was my one. <laughs> I'll do tough cookie just because I want to oh, shout out. You should leave me with the blue card. Bowlum. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll talk about the slide. I'll talk slide of hand. Slide of hand. I'm not that excited about it, but it's you know, okay. it's look at top two cards of your library. To do tough cookie. Do tough cookie. <laughs> I'm not doing tough cookie. I'm doing slide of hand, and I'm already on it. Okay. it. You know, it's it's a reprint. It's you know, you look at top two, put one in your hand, one on the bottom. Um, basically, it's definitely better than. Oh opt, no! 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 No, I think. no! 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 I think it's better than opt, even being a sorcery. Um, I hate opt. I always have, but. I don't really feel like this is an upgrade, particularly for like like th- this is kind of like how preordained just got unbanned in modern. Um, maybe some decks will be okay with it, but it's not like really an exciting oh, upgrade. Yikes! Okay, so I'm not gonna unpack that modern take because we'll be here for forever. Huh. But in Pioneer, <laughs> um, sleight of hand doesn't do a whole lot. It being sort like Phoenix really wants to rely on being instant speed with because like it, on turn one. I'm shocking in the Steam Vents. I'm playing the Spire Bluff Canal. Oh, my opponent played a, a Llanowar Elves. Oh, damn. Good thing I tapped onto my turn with a sleight of hand uh, to be able to... Like, I, I think that the one extra card does not matter that much, like, theoretically, uh, if you're, like, topping the good card anyway. Uh, a high density of cantrips doesn't really matter. I could see, like, maybe some decks playing sleight of hand. Sure. Like, then I'm happy because I have a Russian 8th edition playset. Pretty happy with it. Um, so, like, I'm hoping this card is good, but I'm very low on it. Um, I mean, you keep in mind that I hate Opt. Yeah. Like, I have, I've always hated Opt. Yeah, and Opt hates you, so it's even. Yeah, so this, this right, is yeah. not going to be, not going to break anything, basically. Nope. Having having another cantrip doesn't, like, make, I don't know. I, I was saying, like, maybe, uh, you know, just guy Sentency or, um, you know, Phoenix, but I'm guessing it's not good enough for those. No, just guys. Tendency has problems that are not related towards cantrips, as yeah. does Phoenix. So, oh well. I mean, like this guy said, he's got hundred problems, and sleight of hand ain't one of them. There we go. Next little card sounds a little tough to talk about. Why don't you take it away? Which one, tough cookie? Uh, maybe go for it. Is that the last? It one? is the last one. Yeah. So thank you, Kevin. Thank you for letting me talk about the cookies. Yeah, it's a tough cookie. Yeah, two uh, two bear. That's all it does. Just two two for one in green. That's all. No. <laughs> anyway, so it enters the battlefield, you get a food token, um, and uh, you can also pay three mana to turn a non-creature artifact control into a 4-4 artifact creature until the end of turn. And uh, you can also tap it and uh, pay two mana to sacrifice it to gain three life. It is a food. This kind of reminds, it's kind of like a green, a green and soul artifact card of sorts. But also, uh, you know, adds to, to the food 
the food um, archetype and stuff like that. I think this is kind of a neat card. I think this has this is a lot of text for a freaking uncommon. Hey, I've always wanted to see if there was a way to fit green into a uh, an artifacts archetype. Like we've gotten more and more cards that should support it. We mm-hmm. just haven't seen it come together. And I think that there's still some big things that stop it from coming together in the format. Uh, I don't think it's. I think that this is worth keeping an eye on, just because, like, hey, it's two mana and it makes two artifacts. Like, there yeah. are decks that might care about that. All right, you said my real opinion, so now I'm going to give what I think your opinion should have been, because you're <laughs> the cynical one. Is bro, this <laughs> card literally gets okay. shot off by Karn. Doesn't do anything. Next. <laughs> That's all I got to say. All right, so. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next. All right. So I know I had I had a whole bunch of stuff planned for this topic today. I don't think we're gonna have enough time to go over it all. So we're gonna probably move some of these other questions I had for today's topic into a, another uh, episode. Maybe uh, I don't know before or after. Yeah, I, I like that because however we went into this knowing it would be a kind yeah. of a free form episode where we complain a lot. However, because you know we were we're talking about Aldrain here, I do want to finish on Aldrain, and I wanted to ask you guys what what else are you hoping to see? Like is my final question for today from this format, from this set, or sorry, from this set. Ooh. Like you know, we got we got some extra f- adventures we talked about. That's nice. We got some food. That's good. I mean, are there any reprints that you want to see? Any other kind of support? What do, what are you guys hoping for? Um, I'll yeah, let you pick yeah. that one first. Uh, here. I'm 99% sure the thing that I want to see is like any card that is powerful enough to shake up Pioneer. That is my answer. And how they do that, I don't care. I would be okay if they like printed better interaction. I want to see better interaction. Actually, that's my answer. Better interaction. Mm. I want to see so some some good interaction card that gets printed. Do I care what color it so is? Interaction no. like like a kill spell or anything exiles uh, like something something yeah. that like I don't know. Give me give me a command card that'll exile someone's graveyard, destroy target Lotus Field or Nykthos. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a give me the card that uh like answers i don't know like i i just want to see something like busted honestly like i I think maybe that's the Mm -hmm. magic zoomer in me to where i grew up uh being competitive with like these these like oko style sets being released and how i love that i just want to see a bomb drop man i don't care about my cards i currently have i just want to see buy some new cards play a sick deck have a good vibes uh i want to see adventure do really well i want i really hope th- there's so many good adventure cards because i think adventures are really fun mechanic personally i have a lot of fun with it yeah. i love having these two for one grind because like it just creates grindy games and i love that um mm-hmm. I, and i hope that ashiok somehow has support in this set because i'm sick and tired of having <laughs> ashiok cards picking my name over some dog planeswalker okay hmm. like i want to see hmm. a busted one i want to be like yeah you know not like elko's had one copy one one of himself and it's like the best planeswalker we've ever seen ashok is out, out like yeah. like five now i think and all of them kind of suck so one of them's good in cube mm. so shout out cube but okay kevin how about you what are you hoping um, to see? so for me uh well okay I, I think you guys have heard me say before that i love eldraine the first eldraine i think is the best set ever made um i think it's best design set it's just by far the most interesting the most fun with the best cards um it's perfect in every way except for like one card that needed to get banned by oko and now the set's perfect by oko and maybe once upon a time um, so I'm hoping f- that they take a little bit of that love and still give us some good uncommons and commons because I think that the original Drain had that. Um, mostly though, I'm excited about some of the you know the archetypes that we'll see some support for. I would love to see some giants. Mm-hmm. I would love to see some knights. Yes. I would love to see some fairies. Yes. I would love to see food. I would love to see adventures. Um, I'd also like to see you know something that the original Drain had was a lot of high devotion cards i guess it would be called you know they had that cycle of the three color legends they also had at uncommon the two color um hybrid mana legend or not legends but like the hybrid mana four cost ones uh, would be cool to see that you know given some respect again and you know maybe we'll see like a new ar uh, or a new um you we had you know yeah, yorvo torbrand yeah. gadwick ayara mm-hmm. linden yeah. those were all this set and those were all good cards would love to see that again yeah i 100 percent agree with well, this. through four of the five were good cards <laughs> yeah i would love to see more of those fantasy creatures uh just to add into what you were talking about wolves and fairies would be in, uh, two more things i think would really fit oh yeah in. wolves too yeah reaper yeah. butter blossom there we go hey yeah hey that's what i was gonna actually kind of oh, say cool. next i think you know we need some reprints i want to see two reprints in this set and i think a vendelian click reprint 
Um, or a Tarmogoy free print would be great. Like you said, Path of Exile, maybe, maybe okay. I, I, I take that too, uh, but I think Tarmogoy or Vendillion Clay, the... I would love to see. I have a less crazy reprint request would be um, Academy Manufacturer. Oh my god. Okay, first off, I hate you. Second off, that's a that's a take and a half that's that oh my god i i, I i'm but better bless i'm gonna need like too. a week to process that thought but anyway i think what <laughs> i want to see like reprinted is like bitter blossom okay. and spellster sprite like that would be mm-hmm, sick mm-hmm. if like ro- if like rogues turn into like yeah spirit fairies in every day of the week so you couldn't i was gonna say you know, if you had sprites, the untap one, or is that another card? Spellstar uh, spell sprites the one that uh, counters a spell equal to the amount of fairies you control. Oh. I see, I see, like, I see. Yeah. It's a two okay. mana one one, and then bitter blossom obviously is busted. It's too, uh, it's too close to a blue yeah, spell yeah. for Ryan. Which one? Which one was the the blue card that untapped? Um, that did the kiki jiki combo. Ah, uh, that was like, pestermite man. and deceiver oh. arc. Okay, never mind then. Okay, that doesn't fit. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, so like I said, uh, I do have lots more questions, but I'm going to stop there for today. I think uh, we talked enough about these two topics. I'm looking forward to talking more. Yeah, I like talking. Okay, yeah, definitely. I'll give uh, I'll give Ashak another week to think about how I feel about uh, Academy. Yeah, I'll come up with a list of all the things I want to call you. <laughs> huh. Oh, no, okay. All right, well, that is probably going to bring us to the end of our episode here. If you guys enjoy our angry, angry ramblings, we're definitely doing a little bit of that on Twitter as well. Um, we're not always as angry, certainly. And, you know, I think we were, we were making reasonable takes here. We weren't making any personal yeah. attacks. Um, we, we still kept this PG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but go ahead and follow us on Twitter. That's a great place to... Uh, well, do we have to say follow nope. us on X now? Uh, I'm safe. If Twitter, Twitter goes away... Figure out what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Discord. you can go Discord. ahead and find us there. Us find a link to our Discord. Yeah. That's the best thing to do because we're never moving from there. Uh, you can talk to us and ask us all kinds of questions, bug us, whatever you want over on Discord. Go ahead and give your guys the socials, my friends. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter, uh, quotation mark quotation mark at uh, Yo. Or sorry, I think it's Yo Japan hobbyist over there, and uh, I'm also on Hive. I'm posting on there more now because what? Why not? Uh, I'm Japan hobbyist on there, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I'm also in the discord. Um, I'm pretty active. I, I post pretty much, or I respond to pretty much everybody's, uh, questions and, and comments and stuff. So definitely find me on there. Uh, and Ashiak. What up? You. It's your boy. Dreams of Ashiak on Twitter. Um, usually this is the part where I like do like little shout outs and I think I'm going to keep that trend. I'm going to shout someone out this time. Uh, it's dude that I played against at three O bracket at my F and M who said that he listens to the podcast and he loves the nice. dynamic. Hey. It was real funny. He loves <laughs> he loves it all. And uh, what I gotta say is Mr. Blister, I think is what his IGN was in the nice. Discord, uh, is the best rogues player mm-hmm. that has ever touched the game. Uh, shout out to you, Kelly. Nice, nice. Appreciate you. Um and there you go. yeah, uh, I just uh i'm making a little bit more modern content right now i just got second player i split the finals of like a face-to-face got i got a yeah, got a big gandalf card that i gotta sell now so <laughs> nice uh, but yeah that's been my yeah. life and yeah find me on there I'll, I'll have some bad takes on twitter so Alrighty. All right, that's going to bring us into our show. Thank you guys for listening. We always look forward to hearing from you, our community. Uh, we listen better than Watsy does. <laughs> so uh-huh. go ahead and uh, thank you guys one more time. Um, we are your first pioneers. We look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information online. And your first pioneers are complaining out. 